Welcome to Cyburns and Cigarettes. This is a podcast about a monkey-faced thief, his friends, and their many adventures. And this is our part six reaction series, Tea Time. Hey, this tea be good, though. And we have a packed house today. Uh, who we got here? I'm Chris. Saki <laughs> <laughs> threw a gauntlet down. Just. <laughs> I, I slammed my fist down on my desk. Considering how old this desk is, may not have been a good idea. <laughs> I'm Chris, and don't you forget it, damn it. I don't think we can at this point. Damn straight. <laughs> oh my god. Oh, and I'm Jay. <laughs> oh god um i'm natalie Your and, name. Um, yes <laughs> i'm natalie oh my god <laughs> and i'm gonna pour the tea <laughs> you ruined it <laughs> i guess that makes me drew that must make me the villain <laughs> well i'm glad we got all that cleared up <laughs> So we are officially starting our coverage of part six. Last week's episode, that was if it, technically it's just like a prelude. It's almost like a final episode of part five. Now we are we are full swing into part six. So yeah. how do we feel about this one? There's a, a lot to take it. in. Yes. It was a lot. A lot happened. In just one episode. I know. Oh, God, it was so good. But a lot of it was good, yes. Let's get the elephant out of the room here. The not gay elephant, but the elephant out of the room, and that's Lupin. What the fuck did you do to traumatize a child? Okay. Yeah. I feel like pointing out about this. First of all, that was chilling. Lily's screaming yep. in terror at St. Lupin. Oh, yep. God, yes. And also... Yeah, it sent shivers down my spine. And also, I feel like it's an interesting... Like, I don't know what I'm looking for here contrast i guess to how you know the girl of the week especially when she's that young usually reacts to lupin in this gang right mm-hmm. no agreed you know because like you look at a I'm trying to think of some examples here obviously the big ones clarice uh even julia from most from nostradamus well um, julia from nostradamus was a little shit she just she, didn't yeah she didn't she, take no for yeah <laughs> yes but she did not scream in terror at saint lupin's face no, she just called him a pedophile and told him to fuck off, essentially. Right, but it's still a, a contrast to how, you know, little girls are typically presented in the series, which mm-hmm. I thought was fascinating, and not to mention chilling. No, no, agreed. Um, it's just for me, um, I'm so used to, um, you know, the knight in shining armor, Lupin, and how mm-hmm. um, kind he is with, with with children, particularly little girls, and very protective. And protective of them so it's like seeing that was like oh my god he must have done something oh oh god or been framed for something I, really awful i have a theory uh-huh and it pertains to watson we already, we already know from the synopsis that he is long he, gone he did he's dead and we also know from the synopsis that lupon is to blame and i have a distinct feeling based off of just general like conversational cues in the episode that uh lily is related to watson oh, oh yeah. yeah come on yeah. that's that's not a 
that's not yeah. really something hidden or something cryptic. Right. Like Lily is totes Watson's kid. Or something. G- generally speaking here, I think um, it's a combination of a couple of things. One, well, Lupin's being blamed for murder. Therefore, she's probably reacting because this is her potential father's murderer. Mm-hmm. Um, and two, Sherlock probably badmouthed him. Yeah, I'm guessing that, you know, this organization, the Raven, framed Lupin for Watson's murder and mm-hmm. poor Lily witnessed it. So, yeah, probably you know, poor child if she did witness something right, that yeah, atrocious. Right. So that's that's what I'm hypothesizing happened. Same. Ooh, if we're cracking open theories, then I haven't I, I also have a possible idea, but it's not an idea. It's just like a fun, not fun, but a thought like, what if? <laughs> did kill Watson and what if Watson is uh, not quite the person Lily or Sherlock thought he was what if he's uh, or was what if he was part, part of the, the Raven exactly and this again I, I love the baseless me. I love the baseless speculation that can come out of weekly episodes and it's not like you know what if Watson dude in the mask who killed Faulkner oh yeah that'd be kind of it'd be really interesting also, can I just say that, like, um, this whole plot of the secret organization that runs the British government, like, the Helsing fan in me is just like, oh, dear Lord, this fucking trope again, especially with <laughs> England. Well, Great Britain, whatever. But, <laughs> like, uh, yeah, trope is overused. But, I mean, I just want to know what what their business is especially because um i think one of the writers on this series also wrote for detective conan and i feel like they took cues from detective conan oh i'm here for it well personally i saw it as being more of a uh, throwback to, i saw it as being more of a throwback to the whole uh, gothic bills from uh, castle Cagliostro. same i oh, actually yeah. kind of got that vibe too because 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 we mm. all know how much how much modern tms Loves referencing Cagliostro. Well, yeah, That's true. You know, for it's a, yeah, it's such a shout out. I also like the prospect of that one scene with Faulkner in the jail and whatever that person is who came to visit him. Like, are we actually for once going to get an like a genuinely like scary and threatening Lupin villain? Because if so, finally. God, I hope so. I mean, I'm I'm kind of getting, I'm kind of like I'm sorry to sound like such a like such a downer, but kind of getting tired of the same nihilistic and over the top Lupin villain. I want something genuinely creepy. Like, give me something a la the old friend from Island of Assassins villain that yeah. just was so psychopathic and sadistic that. It literally gave me nightmares weeks after I watched that special. Like, give me well, some of that good shit right there. Well, I do feel like we see some of that in uh, Koeke's movies. This is true. That's Although, true. You know, not not to the same extent. They're too over the top for me. Like, especially especially um, Fujiko's um, villain and Goemon's hawk villain. Yeah, like they're too over the top for me. Okuzaki was pulled out. not that they're bad. They're not bad. They're awesome. No, no, no. no. But they're over no, the they top. They are bad. They're the villains. Um, I'm also, I apologize if you heard purring. That was my cat, Sweetie. Hi, Sweetie. For the mainline villains, I, I like. I really liked 
Leonardo da Vinci just for the whole WTF, like the whole WTF factor of it. That was just fun. Enzo. Oh yeah, that sucked. was. Enzo sucked ass. Yeah. Enzo's, Enzo's the sucked. worst. Yeah, Enzo's the worst Lupin villain ever. You know, going back to Da Vinci for a sec, I really like because, like, not only was it bizarre and like a mystery of Mamo kind of way, but it mm-hmm. also tied into the whole uh, Italian setting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah which, right. which you know, I appreciate it. You know how all the tied in. So I do wonder if they're going to be doing hey, something similar with this series. Well, I mean, I'm pretty sure they are having having it be tied into. You know British culture because hey, we got freaking Sherlock Holmes. Well, yep. well, on on that front, speaking of Sherlock Holmes, and I'm just um, as the big Sherlock Holmes fan girl that I am, you know, reading a lot of Conan Doyle's work and um, trying to get my hands and attention on every Sherlock entity that has come around in the past 140 years. Obviously, my dumbass is thinking that. Moriarty is has a hand in this um, hmm. Raven organization, but again, like that is here's the thing: the reason why I don't want to fully invest in a Moriarty villain subplot is because that's very typical of Sherlock Holmes, isn't it? Like wherever there's Holmes and Watson, there's either Irene Adler coming in or Moriarty as a villain. In the end, I don't want to go that route, right? But a part of me is like, you know, for a fact, he's part of Raven. I was going to say, like, yeah, you see that a lot in adaptations. Because mm-hmm. in uh, Doyle's story, they both only appeared once. Yeah. Did someone's battery just die? No. Why, should it have? <laughs> no, I just heard a chime <laughs> oh, go yeah, off. Yeah, that was me. Sorry. I got a notification on my phone. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, there we go. Yeah, but, but yeah, back to Moriarty. Moriarty only appeared in one... Um, and one um, Sir Arthur Conan Doyle book. And even then it was kind of a way to kill off Holmes. Cause he was just done with, with writing for Holmes, but people got so the fans got so pissed off and, and it was Doyle's mother. Yeah. It was very much a back by popular harassment kind of thing. A la Futurama and family guy. <laughs> also that thing about Doyle's mother, that, that was not a joke that actually happened. No, I I know that, and I love that. It's like I'm just imagining Arthur Conan Doyle's mother coming, like coming at him with the book, hitting him on the side of the head with the book, like, "Hey, what the hell, you little shit!" But, uh, yeah, that said, that like, you know, going back to the source material real quick, I like that this seems to be Holmes from later on in the canon, after he had you know mellowed mm-hmm. out somewhat. Oh God, yes, because, you know Holmes knows early stories. He was kind of a prick. Oh yeah, yeah. But, but you know, as time went on, you know, he, uh, you know, he broadened his mind a bit. That's not a reference to cocaine usage, even though he did do that. Although he, although, he did. Although, actually, no, it was it was opium. It was opium. I, think he, I thought he did cocaine as well. Well, I do know that I do know yes, that he did kick he did but, kick his drug habits later on. Yeah. <laughs> and so I feel like this is the, this is the version of Holmes we're seeing. You know, he's not yeah. quite as aloof as he was early on. So. I do think it's kind of neat how this version of Sherlock Holmes, you know, actually incorporates a lot of that character development from the original uh, source material. And mm-hmm. I'm all for it. And keep in mind that a lot of the current Holmes 
character characterization and persona you know like i'm quoting benedict cumberbatch bbc sherlock where he says like no i'm a high functioning so um sociopath that is not from sir arthur conan doyle at all that's from years and years of adaptations starting with um starting with um you know illustrations and then later to um radio dramas and movies and you know television like P, you know pj woodhouse like a lot of these um other creators added those what we now see as common things with sherlock holmes but they weren't in sir arthur conan doyle's own writing like that whole elementary my dear watson right. um yeah conan doyle didn't write that that was from pj woodhouse it's sort of like with uh arsene lupin how he's most like his most iconic look is with the cape and the monocle and the top hat, but really he wore whatever, you know, was necessary to blend in. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, our, um, Maurice Leblanc never described him wearing a cape and a top hat or a monocle. Right. That was all from French illustrator. I can't even think of his name right now, but you know yeah. what I mean? And so, so again, like, you know, the homeless fan of me, casual fan though it may be, you know, I, I do like this detail that we are seeing, you know, in older homes, you know, one that's mellowed out a bit, you know, one that's less aloof. One that is doing such simple cases, because you even see him, you know, um, talking with apparently people he's made friends with. Yeah. And, and they're all asking him, so Holmes, can you tell us about that case you were doing? Oh, the one about the cheating wife. And it's like, since when does Holmes, even even in Conan Doyle books, since when, when does Holmes take on cases like, oh, my wife is cheating on me sort of deal? Those are very simple cases for him. But well, I mean, I mean, he would <laughs> usually take on any case that, you know, piqued his interest, you know, uh, which, you know, we don't find out the details of the case that he was being asked about. So it could have been really interesting. Maybe, but it just seems a little too simple for me for the great um, Sherlock Holmes. But then again, Again, he's very mellowed out. He's very much a family man. I find it adorable that Lily wants to go with him to check on um, Inspector Lestrade. And then he's like, you know what? Can, can you give this to Lestrade? I got to go. What? And then he gives it to Lestrade. And Lestrade's all like, uh, sweetie, there's nothing on this paper. <gasps> Holmes, you son of a bitch. And just runs back. Also, and, uh, I like that was one out thing that, that like. That Mrs. Oh, go ahead. Go, go ahead. Go ahead. I was just going to point out that Mrs. Husband is super. Mrs. Hudson is super cute. That's <laughs> she oh, yeah. is. You know, a lot younger than she's you know usually depicted. Agreed. But very easy on the eyes. Anyway, go ahead. Oh no, that's okay. Uh, that was uh, the Holmes taking on like the really smaller kind of insignificant cases. I like that that was even brought up in the dialogue because when Lily takes that note to Lestrade and she finds Holmes again, she pretty much tells him that like you know I I I like I. I want to partner up with you and get you some more exciting cases because you like, you haven't done that in a long time. Like it's paraphrasing, but she kind mm-hmm. of points out that he hasn't done any mm-hmm. like extravagant or exciting cases ever since Watson passed. So I, I kind of like that little detail that like he lost, you know, he lost his partner. It almost seems like that spark for, for searching out, you know, great grand mysteries. It's just kind of faded away and he's really mellowed out. I actually really like one of my favorite moments was the scene where he picks up Lily and just walks through the street and everyone knows who he is. And he's just really casual with everyone. And Yuji Ono's music is so sweet. 
during that moment. It was mm-hmm. just that 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 kind of feeds into one thing I like that I really like about the Holmes gang with Lily being like you know the the new added character. I kind of like that these are the side characters because we don't need all this pointless backstory for the characters. It's it's Sherlock Holmes, Miss Hudson, Lestrade. You 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 know who they are pretty much. And you can pretty much just be dropped mm-hmm. in the universe and like we, we don't need this big elaborate setup. We can just throw him in the world, throw Lupin in the world, if that makes any sense. It's just they're pre-established. Well, so all like, you know, the legwork's done. I, I kind of like that. It makes it makes a lot of sense, um, Drew, especially when you think about like, you know, this isn't the first time Sherlock Holmes and any entity and any entity has been added to the Lupin franchise. Mm-hmm. But even if you're not a fan of Sherlock Holmes and just know, like, you know, Lestrade, you know, Sherlock, you know, Watson, you know, England, you you already know what's going on and you don't need an elaborate setup. And that is wonderful. Thanks to uh, pop culture osmosis. Exactly. It was bound. It was bound to happen, especially when you consider, you know, that Arsene Lupin did fight um, a non uh, a non copyrighted version of Sherlock Holmes. Oh, in, uh, in part two, one of the best episodes. <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> Sherlock Holmes the third, and voiced by Tony Oliver was just phenomenal. Right. Although, oh, okay, I see what you're talking about Grandpa Arson. My bad. But, yes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, we've been we, we doing a lot of talking about Holmes and the gang, but uh, for, for the main gang and for, for the main Lupin. Albert's back! Yes. Sorry. <laughs> no, it's fine. My that boy. Made me, that made me so happy that he got like, the first moment. But um, how do we feel <laughs> about the new opening? Love it! I love it. I really, I, I really like it too. I like it. I, I'm, I'm on the same boat with Chris. It's not my f- favorite of the modern series so far. Oh, same. Part like, fours was my favorite. Oh, yeah. no oh same. So wait a minute. So wait a minute. Okay, like I, I feel like I'm sadly the odd one out. What is it about it that you guys don't like? Is it the new take on the theme song, oh, or no, is it that. just how the intro yeah. is done? Uh, the okay, because the, the intro is done. Yeah, the animation and stuff like that. There was a lot of nice bits and pieces to it, but there was a few parts that seemed kind of, I don't know, uh, like they threw it in there because they needed to fill time. Oh, yeah. okay. Okay, well, we'll go through bit by bit. Chris, your take on it. Well. I like the bits that were more, uh, like, stylized. Mm-hmm. But then it's like for every bit that was, like, really, you know, visually interesting and, and cool and you would have one that's really mundane and boring. It just kind of kept cutting back and forth between interesting and not. It's like the stuff I really liked or stuff I liked I really liked. And then the rest was just there. As far as the visuals go. I think the theme song itself yeah. is fantastic. I love, I love this particular oh, yeah. theme. Okay, so how about you, Jay? Pretty much the same. I mean, the, the there was a lot of... I really liked the way they um, they put color over the eyes like in yeah. some of those uh, scenes. I just really liked the way it, it, it popped in those parts. And then there were, I don't know, unnecessary little bits that I'm just like, huh, okay. <laughs> 
Like, the music was fantastic. You can't go wrong with Yuji Ono. You really can't. Especially after part four, because I, I, I feel right. like that just, like, sparked something within him, and he's just been on a roll ever since. Oh, yeah. Without a doubt. And, and well, I'm excited to see what other music he puts into this, ooh, in this, yes. uh, this part, I, I guess. Because there's a lot of, un, like, new songs that he made for this. Mm-hmm. And so... Um, Drew, Natalie, Drew, one of you guys. Rock, paper, scissors. And uh, so, because <laughs> um, we'll get, I'll get through with the criticisms and I'll let Natalie get what she likes about it. Of course, mine, mine's not really a, 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 a because I, I want to be careful how I word it, because it's not really a criticism, because I actually really, really do like the OP, like pretty much every part of it. And it's not the fact it's for me it's not like stuff I don't like. It's that I like just to get the other ones. I I like the energy and the action of the part four opening, the kind of the whole guess who's back energy, because you know it was the first mainline series in years and there's a lot of dynamic action in it. I love the part five one just because of how drastically different the art style is and it's got some great little gags in it. But the part six one, it's like a close third behind those. Like I actually really like how it's not as super action-packed. It's kind of the game just lounging around and being cool because it, it, it's an intro that highlights these characters are inherently cool even when they're just walking down the street or, like, hanging out, eating food, which was a great little cute moment. But, but I, I do kind of like how the beginning is just them walking and doing, like, the Dazaki freeze frame. It's like, look at these cool-ass motherfuckers just being <laughs> cool. With the coolest theme song playing oh, behind right? them, and and so I guess with for me it's not like I that actually I, really like that factor too. It's not that like I don't like it. It's like the other ones have like a little bit more of an edge, but I also do like I adore the part of the the, the last half of the opening when it's the gang being chased on the rooftop and then being chased by a car yes. and you see the yes. reflections in the water and first it's a reflection. Of the gang and Lupin's hanging out of the car, then the reflection of Zinigata flinging his uh, flinging his handcuffs. Yeah, yeah I gotta say that whole part felt very uh, part two to me, which I appreciated. Yes, I like when Lupin tripped. <laughs> <laughs> that was great. That was cute. And so, Natalie, what's yes. your take? <laughs> um, well. My take is that I'm a little whore for any and every opening of Lupin the Third, except for <laughs> part one. <laughs> like I love, I love part two's openings. I, as much as I don't like part three, I love part three's openings. Part four, part five, I do enjoy part six. I will admit my common criticisms are um, how over the top and how everywhere and out of place it is. But it's Lupin. Bear with me. So. I mean, for me, it's just like, I love how, I think the biggest takeaways I like from the opening, aside from Yuji Ono's amazing music, is um, I do like um, that little cute polycule scene of Lupin, Fujiko, Jigen, and Goemon having food. Um, (laughs) I love the little, like, very anime opening of um, Lupin and Fujiko, you know, like... Um, lying down but facing towards each other Mm -hmm. Um, and I do love and this is just because I've been to this part of England but I do love the bit where um, where Lupin, Jigen and Goemon are kind of just like 
you know, walking around Shawsbury Avenue and behind the behind them in the screens, there's like snippets of Fujiko. And then <laughs> right after Fujiko, it's Zenigata. So <laughs> I thought that was a little cool shout out to, you know, an actual area in London, but also just what was playing on the screens. Mm-hmm. Also, I do. I do love that ending of um, of the pose just being the voice. No Fujiko, no Zenigata, just the trio. <laughs> well, see, going back to that bit, though, about the screens. I thought that, you know, all those images of Fujiko suddenly being overtaken by Zenigata reminded me of uh, Lupin's uh, mind in Mystery of Mamo. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. And, and also... How many references did you guys spot on the screens when Fujiko was there? A lot. Like, oh, God. Because I saw one from the uh, the third opening of part two. Um, one of the uh, promotional images for the woman called Fujiko Mine. And one from that album cover that Drew likes. Ah, yes. Yeah, I'll be one. honest. I'll be honest. I... Uh... I'll have to rewatch it because I didn't catch any of them because I probably like skimmed over it when I was watching. Well, I watched it twice. Yeah, I so, I've well, only I've, seen in the I've episode pro- once, so a lot of my memories are kind of. Well, I mean, I've, I've watched the opening twice. I watched the episode once. Oh, <laughs> but yeah, I, I think I missed I most not. of those the first time. I mean, yeah, that's why. Like, I I don't mind people having criticisms, but I always question it when I really like something and people are like. It was just, and I'm just like, oh, um, okay. Uh, I'll hide in my corner then. No, no, it's all good. All opinions are valid here. No, agreed. But <laughs> anyways. <laughs> oh, God. I, I got to get I gotta get out of my mindset. But anyways, <laughs> can we talk about Albert now? <laughs> yes. My boy. <laughs> I am so glad he's back. Yes. <laughs> When yeah, I say I, was, I really I was, love Albert, I really love Albert. <laughs> also, I, was, I love that Lupin rescued him. That was cute. Me too. <laughs> I, I still say they're brothers, by the way, but... Same. I don't. <laughs> what, you want them to be former lovers? Why not? No. I, I, or cousins I can... or something else. Uh, yeah, brothers, I, I don't think so. Though. <laughs> I mean... Hopefully not both of you. No, you're you're gonna you're gonna laugh, Jay, because in my fan fiction, Albert and uh Lupin were raised together. They're not really related, but they did have something of a fling. So yes, oh, I oh. yes, I went there. <laughs> Love it. Well, as long as you're not related, because in the OP oh, we'll be I, starting I, with banjos. Um <laughs> Alabama state flag shows up behind the logo. (laughs) I was just going to say, forgive me for not laughing, but I'm from Kentucky. So, exactly. You're good. (laughs) Well, speaking as the one who's not from the South, (laughs) I'm from the Midwest, okay? Oh please, Ohio's pretty pretty rednecky. Come on. Oh, it's rednecky, but it's literally con- like it's on the lake that's adjacent to Canada. <laughs> okay, it's like so like geographically it's pretty high up there. Yes. Up there in the name. But culturally it's pretty south. Oh, correct. 
Okay. I'm sorry. We are a red state, and I hate to say it. <laughs> uh, but we are also... Listen, I've been asked if I was from Texas before, okay? <laughs> That's how freaking rednecky my state is. <laughs> Um, <laughs> but um albert <laughs> i love when albert uh, disguised as faulkner got uh gets figured out by lestrade and sherlock and when sherlock sits down to like describe how they caught him you like obviously he's in disguise he's in disguise as faulkner but the expression he makes in that disguise is so clearly albert just with full disdain <laughs> Mm-hmm. Mr. Like that's not Faulkner. That's just oh, like yeah. Albert. Like like his face is so contorted with just disgust and disdain that it, he's just like, like not having it. He's just sitting there like, for fuck's sake, hurry it up. It's he got kinda, caught. Yeah, that's that's how I saw it. It's like he's mostly just you know disappointed in himself. Yeah, for mm-hmm. getting caught. He's disappointed himself, and this jackass is monologuing to him about how they got him. Whereas <laughs> Albert's just like, it was just like, man, I worked for months on this. I don't need this. <laughs> you slip up one little detail. Rub it in, why don't you? <laughs> the one I do absolutely find hilarious um, that I will point out here is that when I did look at the animation, you know, like the character animation um snippets that we were seeing of part six and they were showing the Sherlock gang for some reason I thought um, Lestrade was like Watson in flashback form because it looked a lot like Martin Freeman's um, um, Watson from the BBC Sherlock series with Benedict Cumberbatch however it still astounds me that the Martin Freeman looking motherfucker is Lestrade <laughs> and well that back yeah well that backfired (laughs) well backfired for me but (laughs) so uh, I feel like it's worth pointing out I mean I'm aware people have already pointed out but Albert's reaction to getting caught when he's wounded in that alleyway oh well I guess I'll die yeah dude's definitely a millennial no question about that that's what I said like I was (laughs) I I think I put yeah I think I posted it on the on a discord server and I was like are we certain Albert's not a millennial because like he's very much like oh so this is how I die (laughs) it's literally the uh the 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 stock photo meme of guess I'll just die (laughs) basically but what I also find absolutely hilarious is Albert is dead set ready to fucking off himself and here comes Lupin nine in shining armor like sup bitch (laughs) (laughs) I see you're in a pickle (laughs) and I really like how after Lupin dropped him off you know in safety he was just like oh by the way I went ahead and helped myself to all your information and the poster later But, but okay, but <laughs> um, non um, aside from the funnies, let's um, my other conspiracy theory, especially because as Albert is getting the monologue from Sherlock, and then um, Lestrade's like, "Okay, I'm gonna book you. Let's go downtown, bro." Here comes MI6. Like, uh, this is government secrets, so uh, we're gonna handle it from here. Which makes me think two things. Number one, is Albert? 
working on this from the French government because of, you know, his his other occupation, because isn't he like a cop or something? And two, um, with MI6, are we getting Nick's back? Oh, please. God, I hope so. Please. I would I would absolutely love to have Nick's back. I want my British berserker daddy back so bad. I want Nick's to show up. During a standoff with the Raven, someone from the Raven's like, hey, you know, obviously with better dialogue, he's like, hey, man, watch your step. We'll come after your family. And then after he hears that one specific threat, the veins pop out. He just starts wailing on them. I, 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 I would I would like that. Even if it's just for one scene, just have Nick show up and just, I don't know, single handedly wipe out the Raven. <laughs> Why not? Because he would. <laughs> oh, yeah. It'd probably take all the MI6 to stop him. Oh, 100%. Oh, I was just going to say, that chase scene. Yes. Epic. That was the highlight of the whole damn episode. For, well, that and Fujiko's secretary disguise. But Woo. I freaking love that chase scene, man. That was, that was so good. It was so good. Especially the bit with the, uh, with, with, with the Fiat upside down and then like turning over. Oh, yeah. And I, I think Drew's the one that pointed out that it's a lot like, a, I want to say the last episode of part one. Mm-hmm. Yep. When the, when, the Fiat, when the Fiat goes into a train tunnel, see the train coming, and you see the, you see the car hop in surprise <laughs> and then back up. It reminded me a lot of that. Exactly. Despite like... the... Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. I know where you're going with this. Okay. Despite the kind of, not necessarily horrible... But not necessarily A grade CG uh, animated uh, cars. It was actually a really damn good chase. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. The, it, they they the kept CG it very. Cars. They they kept it very much cartoony, even despite being CG, and I absolutely loved it. Agreed, especially the bit with a, uh, you know, one patrol car hitting another one that just goes careening through the air. <laughs> Woo! I. I I, I laughed out loud watching that bit. So did I. <laughs> it's like that's, you know, it's like that's classic Lupin and Third style action. Like I want more of that stuff. I laughed out loud at that, and for some reason, it's not like a big moment that like calls attention to itself. But the bit where there's a moment when all these um uh, all these patrol cars round a corner, but for some reason, I could again I could be feeling this in with my mind or whatnot, and just like this may not be what actually happened, but when Zenigata's car rounds that corner, it's almost like it rounds it so much faster and more aggressive with oh, his arm yes, waving was, out the window. I, know, I noticed that too. Because <laughs> like those patrol cars are chasing, but like Zenigata is like, he's in full part two mode in this. And I, I loved it. It made me so happy. Oh, it's beautiful. He's part it's two almost- mode with Yada by his side. Yes. <laughs> Still don't see the big deal about Yada, but. No, no, no. Okay, I agree I'm- with you, Chris. I agree. Because the- there's a lot of people like I mean, just hella thirsty for him, but he is adorable. It's, I mean, it's, I guess it's just, he didn't do much for me in part five either. It's just, he was just there. Well, yeah, and, that was and, that and, was my biggest like- complaint in part five was that he was just there. He didn't serve a goddamn purpose. Right. But. But in, uh, what is it? Uh, Prisoner of the Past. Prison of the Past. When he 
makes a comeback. He actually served somewhat of a purpose in that, which actually gave me a little hope for his uh, future character development. Well, I still haven't seen Prison of the Past yet, so... Yeah, me neither, but I've heard things. Yeah, once you guys see it, you'll understand what I mean. I'm not going to go into detail. Okay. I mean, like, I've got nothing against Yada. It's like, you know, I'm not... I'm not upset that he's here. It's just. He, he doesn't do it for you. Not, you know, not even in a crush way, just yeah, as a character. Right. Yeah. It's just, you know, like he's really just a sounding board for Zenigata, I think. Yeah. You know, just someone for pops to talk to. Which is why my favorite partner for him is still Melancop from the manga. Because he was a prick. At least it's not Oscar. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I liked Oscar, but that is a whole different scenario. That's a whole different, <laughs> a whole different chapter of a different book. But I've, I've got some hope for the purpose he might serve in this series, yeah, just based um, on one little moment where when Fujiko jumps out of the window, like she does, you know, she does, you know, the the grapple hook and glides down, and Zindigata almost just jumps out the window wholesale. <laughs> And Yada's, Yada's like, no, 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 don't, no, stop. <laughs> we have, like, they are stairs. Yeah. <laughs> and I, I, I hope uh, that's the dynamic let, of Yada being like. Let him, let him like, go, Yada. He'll some... <laughs> Yada is basically uh, Zenigata's uh, judgment call. And and also, Pops totally would have survived the fall. He's he's lived the worst. Oh, this but, is true. I mean, he survived the U.S. government nuking the island he was on. <laughs> but oh, God, yes. I was hoping you mentioned Twice that. in one movie. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah. Um, like, I feel like most of our usual suspects don't get a whole lot of screen time, but I think they make the most of what they're... what they, The parts they do have. Mm, like, you know, totally. Goemon slices up that tank. Which, that whole bit reminded me a lot of Goldeneye. Um, oh, yeah. I can see that. And, uh... I don't think I don't think Jigen did a whole lot. He didn't. He did get a really uh, badass moment. And then uh, you know, Lupin and Fujiko were both great. Oh, Zenigata was awesome. And so, and now this is just the first episode, and I really, really liked the first episode, part five as well. So I'm trying to temper my expectations a bit. I feel that. I, I, I've kind of got some hope because as as much as I liked a lot of the one-off episodes in part five, I feel like, especially near the end, like the whole barrage of one-offs really threw off the narrative. Uh, yeah. What's the word? The, the narrative pacing. And I like that there has been no, they haven't even mentioned in the promotional materials that there's going to be like one-offs in that style. Like I'm expecting to be one-offs like part well, four had where there is a one-off story but it is set in the continuity of right. that story. Like it all took place in Italy. So like maybe Mamoru Oshii's episode will be like a one-off, but it's set in London, like during some downtime or something. So if it's like that, cool. I, I'm hopeful. Right. Because I don't think we heard anything about the, uh, let's be honest here, filler episodes when part five was announced. Like that was, a, that was a surprise, you know, when, when the show aired. Yes, yes it was. Because I mean, like, because like that preview for Lupin versus the Smart Safe, best episode part five, you know, showed Lupin in the in his pink jacket and everybody wearing their part three outfits. And I know some people were wondering if each arc was going to have them, you know, dressed in throwback attire, mm-hmm. which would have been cool, but that wasn't the case. 
I will say that my personal predictions for this season, because there is a set storyline. Um, and again, it's just a prediction. I, if it happens, it happens. If it doesn't happen, well, then I, I said it was, it, it's not a prediction, but whatever. Basically, I really don't think there's going to be a lot of fillers that don't fit with the comments, with the core story in this season at all. Mm-hmm. I really do think that the intrigue that is the Raven organization and the murder of Watson and this pardon me and this um, grudge between Sherlock and the sphere from Lily. I really do think that makes for some compelling storytelling, especially for, from a, for a character that you don't really assume would do such a terrible thing as whatever he's being accused of. So yeah, I think like this, you know, this this core story is going to completely engulf the season and we might not have one-sided or sidetracked filler um, side quest side questy episodes at all. And if we do, that's fine with me. However, that's just what I think. I hope so too. Again, I don't mind those side questy filler um, episodes at all. Um, some of them from part five were actually quite entertaining and it's like the safe episode again that's my personal favorite episode as well chris hey, right <laughs> and um i had five you point on the other side of the country high five but also like for me my other personal favorite um favorite ones were the pablo um collection one because it's very much part two and part two is my favorite lupon entity and also um the green jacket one where it's taken from an agatha christie novel so yeah Again, some of these filler side episodes are actually not that bad, but they do sidetrack from the main story, which right. is why so I like I think... to think that they won't do it, but we'll see. <laughs> so so basically, we're all hoping that they learned their lesson from last time. Yeah, yeah. I mean, episode, um, episode season four had fillery episodes as well, and some of them are really terrible. I like telling people who get into Lupin that... Part four is enjoyable once you get past that soccer celebrity second episode. <laughs> I feel like part four, the thing is that the the overarching story arc wasn't the main focus. No. Like, like it was there, but you know, and there were quite a few episodes that focused on it to the point where when you get to the uh, finale, I almost said it, it feels like a logical conclusion, but that's, I don't know if that's entirely accurate just because of how bizarre it is and also because I feel like it's a terrible play on words that I'm, mm-hmm. I'm not getting. <laughs> but, but yeah, like, you know, like it makes sense and like I'm okay with them, you know, with not every episode being tied into the overarching story. Mm-hmm. Again, we'll just have to see. It's all speculation. That's the fun We're, part. This is just... This is just the first, literally, literally, this is just the first episode into this series and into the storyline. There's, it's already confirmed that there's like, what, 24 episodes in total, not including Uh the Jigen special. So, yeah, like, we got 23 more episodes to go. And that's already like, that's already like six months. So I know, y'all, 23 weeks. Between now and then. 23 weeks of tea time. I'm down. I'm so excited. Yeah, we're going to Heck, I might even do tea time 
I might even do tea time in my travels because I'm I'm going out of the country in two months and I'm also going to New York in a couple. So nice. Yo, I'm going to speculate on the Broadway strip. (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to speculate some dumbass shit during this 23 weeks. So bear with me because this is I like to hear it. This is the fun part. All the dumbass shit. And you know, like. I've already kind of like I watched the episode for the second time tonight right before we recorded and like I wasn't hot on the 3D cars but like this is just me speculating because I have no inside like baseball knowledge but like this very well could have been produced like I'm sure they started right when part five ended but like it could have very well been in production last year like right when the pandemic hit hard Cause there is like a weird mm-hmm. mix. Cause there's a lot of like intricate scenes that are like very clearly 2d animated. Then there'll be bits that are completely 3d. Then there'll be like a mix for like the Fiat is 2d, but the cop cars behind it are 3d. The, the big tanker that chases them is never CG. It almost feels like they spend a lot of time animating that, which would, they may have focused on first. Again, I have no idea, but like that bit, be- that would be very part one of them if they did. Exactly. And um, uh, like, given that there still is like a massive pandemic, I, and, and also since this isn't telecom, like that, like animating cars is their bread and butter. I, I, I'm I'm gonna cut it some slack because, like, as Jay mentioned, it's not it's not terrible. And also, y'all, I've, I've seen Pycal and Princess of the Breeze. This <laughs> looks beautiful compared yeah. to that. I mean, <laughs> I will, cons- oh, go ahead. Well, just real quick, I'm just just piggybacking off Drew. Like, it is kind of um, distracting, and you know, w- with the the animation and then the CG, the CGI cars. Again, you know, bringing back Pycal or even um, oh dear lord, what was that one with Jigen and freaking Edward Snowden? Um, goodbye, partner. Yeah, like. <laughs> oh god like yeah it's very distracting and unflattering however considering what's going on in the world i i can't i don't want to afford to nitpick and i'm okay like i I just ignore it this is where i focus on the fact that the book of mormon is canon in the lupon universe and i'm down for it (laughs) all right going back to talking about the cars i feel like i feel like it's important to note that you know considering the way that uh, animation studios are run in Japan, how overworked and underpaid they are. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to fault the animators for taking some shortcuts because it's an absolutely brutal business. Very yeah. unfair. It is. So, so you know, I'm going to come some slack as well because honestly, I'd probably do the same thing if I was if I was them. Totally. And also, I'll cut some slack because some of that CG car animation, like was genuinely funny the rolling out of the tunnel because also like when the car rolls out of the tunnel <laughs> their heads pop up like when it gets done rolling and it just they take <laughs> off which is really funny the cop car the cop car just catapulting out of frame was great <laughs> Zimni got his car whipping yeah, around the corner bit in the whole episode. <laughs> so I appreciate that even if, even though they had to take those shortcuts for whatever reason, it still for me it still had the Lupin spirit to it as far as like oh right. yeah yeah it, and, and it's not bad no no I, I all things considered some, it's actually pretty good 
It is. And I, I've seen some folks, and again, everyone in the fandoms entitled to their own opinion, but I, I have seen some folks act like this episode shot their dog because there's CG <laughs> cars in it. And like, y'all, it's... Oh my god. Take, like... Oh my god. People, people need to understand that animation is an art, but it also takes a lot of... Like, it puts a lot of stress on these people. Yes. And... Again, cut them a break. Animators in Japan are not treated very well. And you want to talk about, like, a side note here. You want to talk about, like, this great resignation we're having in this country over people who don't want to work, you know, shitty jobs for a shitty wage. It would not surprise me if in a couple years down the road, because there has been these kind of talks in Japan of, of, you know, animators just wanting to walk out because it's that bad of a job. Right. Like, like just appreciate it for what it is. People, again, I understand it's distracting, but you got to remember what these poor people go through just to give us that good shit. So like, let people enjoy it. It's like I said, like, it's pretty good, all things considered. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I was going to say, since we're on the topic of the show's visuals, would it be wrong for me to say that I'm not a big fan of most of the way, or the way most of the characters are designed? Like, aside from our, you know, main crew of five, I think they all look great. But everybody else just looks a bit too anime. <laughs> Which I understand is a weird thing to say about an anime series, but... <laughs> Uh, one of my one of my favorite uh, things about this series, though, is it's not very anime. No, I agree. Right, right. Especially, you know, if you go back to Monkey Punch's original manga, because while while you know he was influenced by you know Tezuka, like a lot of his contemporaries were, he was just as much, if not more so, influenced by Tom and Jerry and Mad Magazine, especially Mort Drucker. Yeah, and so I always appreciate whenever you know I'm watching Lupin the Third, and it looks you know, very, you know, Western and cartoony. and But I feel like with with most of the characters of Part 6 outside of our usual cast, I'm just not, I'm not feeling it. Especially when uh, Lily has that moment of realization with uh, Lestrade about Holmes's note. Yeah. Like, you know, it's, you know it's, it's an amusing moment, but like, the, you know, the way her face went like blue with shock, and then, like, red with anger, like, I mean, I guess the red with anger is not really an anime trope, but the whole blue with shock thing is. And that, that kind of took me out of it a little bit. I hear you. I hear that, yeah. I mean, it looks great. Sorry. <laughs> no, 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 no. <laughs> You're fine, Chris. You're fine. It, I mean, I, I feel the same way, especially because, like, I, okay, first and foremost, I do not hate Fujiko's design in here. I just, I can't really get down with with animu fujiko and i'm kind of already missing the really bad bangs from part five that's all i'm gonna say here (laughs) oh as an aside that reminds me uh you mentioned fujiko and really bad in the same sentence that in the in the intro i like that we see fujiko dancing and she's still not very good at it uh, <laughs> I was thinking about that earlier. Right. It's like that's like been consistent ever since the pilot film. Fujiko cannot dance. I yeah. love it. And I don't think it's an intentional bit of characterization, <laughs> but I love it. 
Fujiko, what the hell, girl? It's been 50 years. Learn how to dance. No, don't learn how to dance. It's cute. It's endearing. I like it. It's consistent. It's great. And like, I, don't th- I don't think it's intentional. I think it's just really hard to animate good dancing. No, no, agreed, agreed. But, but it, it kind of it it. It reminds me of like early Sailor Moon holding a floppy disk. You know, I don't know how to use a computer. 20 years later on a laptop. You know, I don't really know how to use a computer. It's been 20 fucking years, Usagi. Get your shit together. And Fujiko, it's been 50 fucking years. Get your shit together. <laughs> So, like, part of me kind of wants them to acknowledge that at some point, but I think it'd be funnier if they don't. Yes. Especially if everybody just acts like acts like Fujiko's dancing well. No, sweetie, you're fine. You're you're not that bad of a dancer, really. Uh, I'm just going to put you here in that, this one corner of the club where nobody can see you. Okay. You're not that bad of a dancer? Really? Well, let me take another shot and we'll end in, you know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're probably great. And I'm um, uh, let's see one one last thing I'll mention is um uh, as far as the look of the show goes, I, I'm terrible at describing stuff like this, but I love the line work on the character designs in this. I don't know if like I don't know the way to describe yeah. it. Like it, it's kind of sketchier. There's like it, it, there's a thickness to it. It looks sharper. I li- I prefer that so much more over part five's line art because part five's line art like i could be watching that in 1080p hd and be like why is this playing in 480p what's going on it's a little fuzzy need to i need i need need to turn off some wi-fi at my house and i'm like oh no that's just how it looks um well see like something i noticed about oh go ahead Oh, that, that was pretty much it. It just it reminds me a lot of how crisp part four looked. And it has that Christmas crisp not Christmas. Christmas. Crispness. <laughs> Christmas. Christmas. <laughs> it's still Halloween. What the hell? <laughs> Christmas. <laughs> like uh I mean we're selling Christmas stuff at Target already, so uh, I, I work at Walmart. I understand, but, but like, <laughs> and yeah, this, somebody knows about like the. And this like, is the why line I left retail. <laughs> somebody knows though about about the line art. It's like you said, it is like really crisp and really smooth, but it also it also feels like a little like uneven in places. But I like that. Yeah, you know, because like I think I think like back in the day, Disney used to have a rule about how you shouldn't let the audience see the hand of the animator, and I'd never like that. Like I want to see the hand of the animator. Totally. I want to see the, yeah, you know, I want to be able to see like individual brush strokes and stuff like that. And I'm getting a little bit of, like, I'm getting a little bit of that in the animation of, of part six, and I like that. I appreciate it. Yeah, it, it kind of reminds me of, I don't know if this is an app comparison, but it kind of reminds me of part one a little bit. Like, like, like I don't know. Like, it, it, it's the way you mentioned it, like, the unevenness, like, oh, like, like someone else, like, handled yeah. this moment. And I like that because I, I, I like seeing, like, the different. Yeah takes all come together so it's right. really nice like, you know it it puts uh you know character and soul into it i guess you know those little imperfections exactly and yeah you know and like i've always liked that you know in animation in general not just in anime or in lupin third specifically it's just like this is a little bit off track and i apologize you can edit it out if you want but 
several years ago, I was having a discussion with a coworker about, of all things, Family Guy, and how I mentioned that, you know, I greatly prefer the first three seasons. And he pointed out that he still watches the show, and he appreciates the uh, animation more. And I pointed out to him that, for one thing, I liked how rough it looked originally. Mm-hmm. You know, a, a nice reminder that humans are making this. And also, the animation has actually gotten worse. It's a lot more stiff. Yep. And soulless. So... So yeah, so yeah, I I do appreciate the uh, yeah the unevenness and and stuff like lines and all that. Let's see. So getting close to time to wrap it up. So what's we'll just kind of do a roundtable. Um, uh, Natalie, you go first. Final thoughts on the episode and and and, and what you're hoping to see next. So my final thoughts is um, I'm I, I love. Um, you, Aside from how much I love it, because again, I'm a whore for Lupin content. Um, I'm just really excited. This was a great intro episode. I'm very much intrigued. The story is already captivating me. The characters are captivating me. As a Sherlock Holmes fan, yay, I am down for this. And again, I can't wait for next week because that ending, like, I don't think I've ever felt very much left on a cliffhanger and anything Lupin in forever or ever at all. So yeah, I'm really excited. I can't wait for next week and oh my God. <laughs> Heck yes. Jay. Heck yeah. Um, I got to disagree a little bit in the terms of cliffhangers because part five left me on a cliffhanger every freaking week, basically, except for the <laughs> one-off episodes, but I digress. <laughs> um, no, I, I agree. I'm, I'm really excited to see where, uh, where part, part six takes us. Like I'm really invested in Lily's character already. And I'm really interested to see how they, they pursue the Sherlock Holmes character. Um, and I'm really excited to see uh, everything. I, I'm, I guess, what I'm trying to say is I'm really excited. <laughs> <laughs> Chris, how about you? Well, let's see. Yeah, uh, I like the episode a lot overall. Um, you know, I, I do have a few, I guess, nitpicks with it, but yeah, I'm just like everybody else. I'm, I'm excited to see what happens next. Even though I'm pretty sure we've already figured out all the twists already. Mm-hmm. <laughs> But that's just because we're just that damn good, not because the show, not because Van Paul's the show. But, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, for the episode itself, uh, it was a lot of fun. Uh, yeah, that car chase was amazing. Yeah, it was funny. Lots of great action. Lots of nice little character beats. Um, you know, as someone that's, you know, that's something of a fan of Sherlock Holmes. I've, you know, I really appreciated, you know, all those references and, yeah, I'm I'm looking forward to this. See what happens next. Yep, pretty much just going to echo everything. I'm so excited to see where this goes. I Mm -hmm. I really liked the episode the first time. Downright loved it on the second watch. It's got like everything I love about specifically like in the last few years, like modern Lupin. It's got some some nice like mystery to it. There's some darkness there. Like like the moment with Faulkner and the Masked Man is like genuinely kind of frightening. But then an amazing chase that was just filled with this. I don't know. It's got that good, like, it's it's got that classic Lupin humor to it, which made me happy. And, right. and I, I, I mean, I, I, not to interrupt you, but. Oh, no, go ahead. 
this episode was funny in parts. I like that. Like I thought yeah. it was something part five was missing out on a lot. Although not really in the first three episodes because I I I like those quite a bit. But yeah, I'm just having the discipline that this series remembers to be funny even as it goes on. Totally. Hmm. And I, and I, 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 I'm looking forward to all the, the crazy speculation, whatever twists and turns are coming. I like that we've got the Sherlock gang and how I don't have to hear a bunch of unnecessary backstory about why I got care for the new characters of the week. It's Sherlock. It's the gang. I get it. Let's go. And, <laughs> and, and, uh, and Watson. I is yeah. I don't Watson. care if, if, Sherlock Holmes is an adoptive dad. I'm not really caring about him right now, and I'm okay with that. <laughs> exactly. And like, like, if you don't know, if you don't know who Sherlock Holmes is, you'll figure it out soon enough, right? Absolutely. Yeah. I, I, yeah. I'm, not, I'm just looking forward to to baselessly baselessly speculating for 23 weeks on this show. It's going to be good. It's going to be great. I'm so I still, excited. I, I still say we've already you know, master detectives that we are. I think we already got it all figured out, but we'll see. We'll see. I hope we're wrong. We got the power of foresight up in here. Yeah. All right, so <laughs> I'm going to have to get to bed soon. So <laughs> we'll go, we'll go ahead and do our social media. Plugs. <laughs> Natalie, where can we find you? Um. Well, as always, you can find me on the Twitter at uh, C-A-P-L-I-H-E-L-L-S-I-N-G um, Yeah, you can find me on the Twitters and you can also find me on lay Instagram at Captain C-A-P-T-A-I-N L-I-H-E-L-L-S-I-N-G Yes, yes, we all know the jingle <laughs> Follow me. Hit me up on there, guys um, I'm kind of interesting I like to think <laughs> uh, Jay, where can we find you? You know, around. Uh, <laughs> uh, oh, that was you. <laughs> Perhaps. Anyways. Uh, <laughs> anyways, so you can find me on the Twitter, the tweeter, uh, at L-O-O-P-A-W-N, Lupin, or Instagram, L-U-P-I-N dot S-A-N-S-E-I. Um, and yeah. Come find me. How about you, Chris? Um, I was going to say you can find me at your local pizza place, but I'm pretty sure I made that joke last time. <laughs> um, I'm on Twitter as well. D-R-F-U-R-B-A-L-L, Dr. Furball. Um, you can find me most other places at Amazing Chris Godby. That's a G-O-D-B-E-Y. I have, I, I have two web comics. Uh, weird in a can and draw oh coward and both those can be found at the comic name dot the hyphen comic dot org so you can find me on twitter at drew hunter 15 that's d-r-e-w-h-u-n-t-e-r one five and you can find our show on Twitter and Instagram at LupinPod, L-U-P-I-N-P-O-D. And uh, you can also find our show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, SoundCloud. And if you listen to us on Apple Podcasts, if you, if you feel the, if you, if you like what you hear, scroll on down. Give us a, give us a rating and review. We'd really appreciate it. Or, or don't. It's fine. 
It'd be nice. Yeah, we're not the boss of you. Please give <laughs> us five stars. <laughs> okay, so until next week. Bye. Until next week, Lupontic folks. Bye. That's Toodles. better. I'm like, until next week. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> shit. <laughs> <laughs> Next week on Sideburns and Cigarettes, in the case of the new character Lily, Sherlock Holmes, you are not the father. <laughs> but what's with the dorky hair? Okay, look, some of us recently got a haircut, okay? We may be a little sensitive about that. Not you! <laughs> <laughs>